And so I think we've got a tremendous leadership opportunity in our sector to really take advantage of the transition to green and for the better of everyone, our occupiers and customers, our investors, and certainly ourselves as well. So I think that we're in a good position to do it. We just can't slow down. We got to speed up. Hello and welcome to The REIT Report. I'm your host, Sarah Borkson Quito. Today, I'm pleased to be joined by Matt Ellis, founder and CEO of Measurable, a company which has been at the forefront of creating ESG software for use in the commercial real estate industry. Matt is also the author of a new book and is uniquely positioned to bring us up to date on the latest in ESG reporting developments. Matt, it's a pleasure to speak with you today. So before we get going, can you briefly describe your background and how you came to ESG as a career? Of course, I'd be uh, pleased to do it. So my background was in commercial real estate. I started uh, actually in the broker side of the business back in 2008. Fabulous year, of course, to get into the real estate profession. Um, but I was able over time, Sarah, to kind of blend my personal interest in sustainability with my professional life. And over the next couple of years, I was able to work on sustainability matters for CBRE and ultimately became the director of sustainability solutions. Um, and that was what gave me my sort of education, my experience, and all things green, sustainability, and now we use the term ESG. That um, career kind of transitioned to Measurable back in 2013. So that was where it came from. And then the idea of Measurable has now been a decade-long project to build tools for um, measuring, managing, reporting, and ultimately acting on sustainability for the real estate sector. So let's talk a bit about Measurable. You say it was started in 2013. What need in the market were you looking to fill at that time? And what were some of the challenges that you faced? Of course, well, let's go back to the story at CBRE and maybe unpack that a little bit. So what specifically was happening was the customers that CBRE had, its corporate occupier customers, its institutional real estate ownership customers, were beginning to experience this transformation from traditional business models to more sustainable business models. And there was just one problem in helping them manage that transformation. We couldn't measure it. We had no underlying data, no real way of objectively saying where their assets were, where their enterprise was, in order to bring any of our services at CBR to bear against that transformation. And so that was really what catalyzed Measurable was the imperative to make ESG a financially transactable set of metrics in the real estate business, something that we could measure and then, of course, manage. And speaking at mid-year 2022, how encouraged are you by the broad trends that you're seeing in ESG today? And what is the data telling you about the adoption of ESG globally? Well, look, being specific to real estate, I'm incredibly optimistic. We've seen a profound migration of organizations of every size around the world towards more sustainable business models. This is being done in just a span of a few years. So let's look at the history here and think back to when I joined CBRE in 2008, we used the term green, right? My book is about this transformation, right? We used that term green, it was subjective. It was more of a marketing oriented concept. It was about platitudes. It was not a transactable term. Fast forward to present state, again, this is some total of 15 years, and the last three of which have been incredibly productive. And you have regulations stipulating specific metrics, the disclosure criteria around those metrics. And that uh, set of regulations is not just European in nature. It is now coming here in the United States in a meaningful way from the SEC on down to municipal um, regulation. And I think that that's the most radical pace of change I've seen in my career is this migration from voluntary regimes to 
regulatory. And when you look around the real estate business, you're seeing not just the big institutional owners react to these trends and transformations, but you're seeing really small regional ownerships. You're seeing multifamily, not just office. Every sector is picking up the pace and making this jump um, pretty quickly. So I think within real estate, the signs are very encouraging that what the investors catalyzed for us maybe a decade and a half ago or more, regulation now is doing the rest of the job to bring the whole market forward. If you zoom out away from real estate, it's more mixed. I think our sector has done phenomenal in terms of new technology adoption, embracing and um, support of regulation, thoughtful regulation and transparency. Other sectors, maybe not quite what we've seen in real estate. So given all that progress that you mentioned, are you concerned at all about investor concerns over the economy as well as geopolitical tension, perhaps eating into that progress somehow? Yes. How could you not be? It's what, I mean, I think the, 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 the word that I might use that probably is under um, serving the moment in time that we have is the markets are choppy, right? We're seeing um, a real concern about every macroeconomic indicator from labor markets to inflation, of course. I think we should separate out the, the mega trend of ESG and say that as a secular uh, issue. That seems to continue to go well. Investors are not backing off. The SEC is not pulling its regulations. The EU Commission is not um, uh, waylaying its efforts around sustainability disclosure. So ESG itself continues its swift advance, but the market in which the real estate community plays is clearly getting more uncertain. Um, and I also need to add in, of course, the pandemic, which radically changed how we were thinking about space consumption utilization on a go-forward basis. So I think we've got um, two big things to deal with, and then why not throw a third at it, which is digitalization. The real estate industry in response to uncertainty and to compressed margins and the imperative to bring own occupiers back to spaces is looking at new digital tools and strategies. So you really have quite a lot on the plate of the real estate owner and the occupiers, the same uh, comparable experience. That's quite a bit to deal with. And I think we're going to have to see the next couple of quarters how this all plays. Great. Now, wanted to talk a bit about your new book. And in the book, you argue that the term green is no longer adequate in the, in the ESG context. Can you talk about why that green label is now outdated? I remember a, a presentation. I was still more broker than sustainability professional. I did a presentation in San Diego and the fellow that preceded me um, talked about green, green building certification. And when I followed, I said, there's no such thing. There's no such thing as a green or not green building. All buildings are on some spectrum from not high performing to incredibly high performing. And we could measure that and place them on that spectrum. And I was bothered by this idea that there was some small swath of buildings on the planet that could get a label that distinguished them from these others. And again, they're all on some spectrum. And so I really wanted to put a stop to this idea that we worked in an environment that had a subjective label, that there were those that were one type of building and, and, and then the others were, were not. And instead start to acknowledge that we could do business with any building, we could put them on a spectrum, we could measure their location on that spectrum, and then we could transact and transform those assets according to our investment criteria. So that's why I think, just one small example where I think the green prefix is inadequate. Look, I understand and appreciate 
that green building or green leasing or green lending or green bonds are communicating this idea that we could internalize financial metrics into our lending or securitization or our buy-sell transactions. That was correct. What Green got wrong was this idea that it was one or the other. Instead, they could all be measured. Every loan could be a green loan to some degree. Every bond could be a green bond to some degree. And what mattered was our ability to prove that using objective metrics. We've touched a bit about the pending SEC regulation. Do you think that um, the use of transparent data and regulation can eradicate any greenwashing that might be occurring? I think they can help a ton. Mm-hmm. They're not about eradicate. Um, I think for eradication, you're going to have to have the other side of the market, which is the consumer of the real estate product or the consumer of the commercial mortgage-backed security. Those investors, those occupiers understand these metrics, right? So when I put a label on um, the back of my candy bar, it tells me my calorie and my fat and so on. And the government, it stipulates, at least here in the States, that we do that. Now, does that mean that every consumer of that candy bar appreciates what that means and how to make sure that comports with their health aspirations and their diet? No. And so I think an educated market is not just one-sided. Regulation will help a lot because it will give us consistency in the labeling. It will give us comparability in the metrics. But we do need to make sure that we take care of everyone else out there that is going to be buying those products or services from the real estate sector, financial services or the space itself that they then also understand how to use these metrics in their decision-making process. So that there's some education that can still have to happen, not just regulation. And how prepared in your mind is the REIT industry for pending legislation, both from the SEC as well as on a state and local level? The, the public REIT sector looks really good here. Pick your flavor of public REIT in the US and overseas in Europe or Japan, uh, where we have the REIT structure. And you will see that these are the organizations that are most exposed to institutional capital, most exposed to regulation, in the habit already of disclosure. They've got um, meaningful governance, policies, procedures, executive compensation around climate change, um, expectations that are out there already. And that is fairly well penetrated. I think that the rub is that most real estate is private. And so when you flip over to the private side of the market, you're seeing some encouraging signs here, especially in real estate private equity. Think of TPG or Goldman Sachs and so on. Um, you're seeing whole team Blackstone, of course, is notable here. You're seeing whole teams of professionals hired to advance the sustainability cause within those organizations. What I think is the place to really put a lot of work into is mom and pop retail regional ownership, where they aren't quite as exposed to these macro forces of investor regulatory pressure private markets, smaller players. Um, but I think when you look at the bigger food groups or the bigger institutional owners, we're seeing tremendous progress in the area, which is fine, well-prepared. And where do you see the future of ESG data collection heading? And what are some of Measurable's goals for the coming years in this regard? In our business, we talk a lot about the idea, our product philosophy, our product vision is solving for ESG from meter to market. So meter is like everything within the asset itself the ability to measure in real time boilers, chillers, HVAC, um, are we consuming or have on-site renewables, and taking that data and putting that building on some pathway towards decarbonization or superior health and well-being outcomes. That's what's going on at the media level. you got to do that not just for one building, but a whole portfolio of real estate. So you got to roll that data up and across the enterprise. So the asset manager, 
the directors of sustainability, the portfolio level executives understand how their net zero ambitions comport with and are doing back there at the asset level. But then you can't even stop there. So when we talk about meter to market, that data has to leave that organization. It has to get to their stakeholders, to their lenders, to their insurers, to their LPs, to their ratings agencies. And that really is for measurable. And I think probably for the market, the correct way to think about what we have to do as technologists, whether you're internal at a real estate organization or you're a vendor to this the sector, is you've got to build that platform, that infrastructure, so that data doesn't get siloed at the asset level. It gets magnified, joined with, and amplified across the organization. And then you got to make that easy, <laughs> easy for everybody to get that data, easy for everybody to share that data. Because if we can do this, the most important players here, I do believe, besides ownership, are uh, capital markets. We need to use not just regulation, we need to use the free market and capital markets participants to direct capital better towards the buildings they want to decarbonize, towards the GPs that can help them accomplish that result and de-risk those assets. So this is the key, is data moving across the entire real estate experience and being able to be applied at every transactable moment Again, whether you're leasing or you're buying and selling or you're lending, you need this data for that particular purpose. Excellent, Matt. We've covered a lot of ground. Anything that we missed or you'd like to add? Um, maybe I just summarize, Sarah, and say that I think we've done great work in real estate. I'm incredibly proud to be a part of this transformation and participate in a way, um, big or small, in that advancement. I think that we have a reputation as real estate professionals that we're slow. We're maybe not the best stewards of the environment or the health and well-being of our occupants. I think it couldn't be further from the truth. And so I think we've got a tremendous leadership opportunity in our sector to really take advantage of the transition to green and for the better of everyone, our occupiers and customers, our investors, and certainly ourselves as well. So I think that we're in a good position to do it. We just can't slow down. We have to speed up. Great. Matt, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure, Sarah. Thank you. And to our listeners, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please subscribe or leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. 